You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. So, Steve, did Ava Gardner and Howard Hughes have a good relationship? Well, they did until he dislocated her jaw. What? Well, don't worry. She hit him back with an ashtray. From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. Calling all trivia nerds, Brittany here, and I host the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast with my best friend, Meredith. Is your next car ride looking like a snooze fest? (laughs) We've got The Cure, three rounds of awesome trivia every week. Harry Potter, Disney, science, sports, you name it. No more silent car troubles. The Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast. Connect, laugh, and learn with your kids, big and small. (laughs) New episodes every week, wherever you get your podcasts. Search for the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast. Little fellow, you must have given up the hope of living. Uh Uh-uh. On the contrary, I do not let the word death bother me. Same here, baby. Then what are you waiting for? Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. The cream of the crop! Hello and welcome to Triviality, the game where lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. My name is Neil and I will be your host today. Joining me in the studio as always are co-hosts Matt, Jeff, and Ken. How's it going, guys? Hey, what's up? Doing good. Awesome. Well, I'm excited because today we're actually trying something a little bit different. You may have heard some new voices in the beginning of our intro, and you may have seen the Facebook post uh, that had a little clue about what we were doing for this week's episode. That picture and the voices in the beginning of the episode were Bruce Lee and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar from the film Game of Death from 1978. It's that one where Bruce Lee is wearing his iconic gold uh, tracksuit, fighting his way up a pagoda until he gets to the final boss, uh, who is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. So we're actually doing something very similar to that. Uh, we got an idea from our friend Lee George over at Something Something Birds, and we decided to run with it. So thanks, Lee. Before I explain the rules, just want to introduce our special contestant who is entering the pagoda today, and that is our friend Austin Keep. Thanks for coming today. How's it going, Austin? Good. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure to have you here, and thank you for being our guinea pig and first challenger in a Game of Death episode. Here's how the game is going to work. It will be four rounds of five questions each, where Austin challenges a member of Team Triviality in one of their specialties. First round, he will be facing Jeff in Geography and Science. Round two, Matt in Sports. Round three, Ken in Arts and History. And then in round four, Austin will turn the tables and challenge them to a specialty of his own. He will be going up against all three members of Team Triviality in the swing round and final round, but we will explain that in a little bit. All right. Bow bow to your opponent. (laughs) Bow to your opponent. All right. So as I said, round one is going to be Austin against Jeff by himself. Ken and uh, Matt can chastise Jeff, can uh, rib him a little bit, but they cannot help Jeff in any way. We'll definitely do that. Yeah, I've been practicing all day. Good. I was always told you should do what you're good at, so... (laughs) My specialty is actually chastising, Jeff. Do what you love and you won't work a day in your life. That's right. (laughs) All right, Austin. So round one, geography and science against Jeff. Here we go. Question one. According to Charlotte on Sex and the City, you're not supposed to sleep with someone until after the third date. If each date was one day long and she wanted to build the most anticipation, she could make her guy wait for two Earth years if she had those dates on what planet in the solar system? Uh, that's pretty good. What I think a, I know it, actually. What a Neil question. All of these questions have a little bit of a Neil spin. <laughs> so I'm not a scientist. And this one was actually, uh, um, I, I tagged in uh, our friend Jason to uh, help reword this one just to make sure that, uh, you know, it made sense. So it's, a, so it's essentially three days on this planet is two Earth years? That is correct. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the basis of yeah. this long-winded question. <laughs> yep. So which one is uh, Charlotte? Uh, so there's a Charlotte Miranda. This is important to yeah, because I was always told I was a Miranda. Charlotte, uh, Charlotte, as I learned in a uh, last week's 
carb trivia is uh, the art dealer one, so the the smart one, if you will. Charlotte is sort of the posh one, because because mm-hmm. depending depending which which uh, one we're talking about, I might just just stay on that planet rather than <laughs> then come Miranda. back and accept. Charlotte, I think, is the most classically beautiful of all of them. She's the brunette. She's the dark haired one. Miranda oh, okay. is the redhead, and will... also the moon of Neptune. Right. And Miranda is the one who uh, has the scene I'll never forget where she had brownies all over her teeth and I just couldn't watch it uh, if you're a fan of the show. Um, and then... Um, nope. No. no. <laughs> Samantha <laughs> Samantha is the wild child, Kim Cattrall. Yeah. And then Carrie. Carrie is, well, uh, regardless, this has nothing to do yeah. with uh, the science question. Seems no. like Team Triviality is trying to disrupt Austin here on this question. Austin, are you... We might be trying to disrupt Jeff. <laughs> I'm not sure who we're actually going for here. All right. Uh, I'm in. I'm in. Okay. So, what planet... Uh, is uh, basically two Earth years for three days. Jeff. Ooh, I thought you were going to throw it to our guest. Um, so I know that a Jupiter day is 10 hours. Mm-hmm. I know how long it is on Earth. I know it's not that much for Mars. And I know that Mercury's ro- um, actual rotation is only about 57 days. My gut tells me that it's actually Venus. Okay, and Austin. I was going down the same route. You know, the further away from the sun you are, the longer it's going to take. So, stab in the dark, since you said planet, I know based on how technical you guys are, Pluto's out. Uh, So, I went with Saturn. All right. Well, one day on Venus is about 243 Earth days. And uh, the most fascinating fact that I saw was that on Venus, one day is actually longer longer than than one year. year. So, the answer is Venus. Austin, we would be uh, looking for rotation, not not orbit there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a common misconception. I think a lot of people think the same way. It was it was a kind of bizarre wording. So I mean, I figured just as much there's going to be less rotation the further away from the sun you are as well. All right. Well, uh, triviality on the board with ten points. Question two: Don't expect to find any arboreal herbivorous marsupials hanging around the Patronus towers anytime soon. But if you need to call animal control, I would watch your vowels when you tell them to rush to what international capital city? I'm in. What? <laughs> I will repeat. Don't expect to find any arboreal herbivorous marsupials hanging around the Patronus Towers anytime soon. But if you need to call animal control, I would watch your vowels when you tell them to rush to what international capital city? Jeff looking very smug across the table from us. Uh, based on the fact that I don't know this, but Patronus is a word from Harry Potter, I'm going to say Hogwarts. <laughs> okay, and Jeff? Uh, I was thinking you may have said kangaroo court, but this is in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. Uh, Kuala Lumpur is correct in Malaysia. So my hint there was the herbivorous marsupial is the koala. And I said, watch your vowels because you could change one vowel to make it Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. Mm. Oh, Pashua Stars, that's for Entrapment, right? That movie? Yes, that is correct. Um, And my little hint, uh, little fact here is the national capital of Malaysia as well. It is as well the largest city of Malaysia. As for the Patronus Towers, they were designed by Argentine-American architect Cesar Pelli, named one of the 10 most influential living American architects by the American Institute of Architects. Are, the, are those, that's the, uh, the towers that took over Sears Tower at the time for the tallest? Yes. Yeah. In, in like, what was it, 1990 or 2000 maybe? I believe it is still the tallest collection of towers or, or uh, connected towers, just not the tallest mm. building anymore. Yeah, yeah they're they, connected like 50 or 60 floors up to its... Rather impressive. Neat. All right. Question three, geography science. Shifting in popularity throughout time, this customizable fashion trend would most likely be found on the part of the human body known as the philtrum. There it is. There's the one. These questions are going hard in the paint. That's why I was up till four, probably. Right? <laughs> probably, should, probably should have wrote these a little earlier. <laughs> All right. I think I got it. I'm failing to remember, but I'll... I'll put in a guess all right so austin was in first but uh let's go with jeff and see how confident he is i'm, I'm trying to remember what the philtrum is um i feel like it's the bridge of your nose so i said eyeglasses very good guess very good guess and austin i'm gonna go with it's having your ear pierced okay another good guess so the philtrum is the uh little ridge in between your nose and your top lip ah uh, so uh. the answer is mustache I was, uh-huh. I, was, I was on the nose, uh-huh. but the wrong side. Uh, so according to goodhousekeeping.com, who apparently are experts in philtrum accoutrement, the top five best mustaches in history belong to... Tom Selleck, Tom Selleck, Tom Selleck. You would think, but according to goodhousekeeping.com, number five, Robert Goulet. Oh, Goulet. Number four, Salvador Dali. Yep. Number three, Raleigh Fingers. 
Mm-hmm. Number two, Mark Twain. And number one, one of Jeff's favorites, Frederick Nietzsche. Surprisingly, no shout out to Hitler from Good Housekeeping. Yeah, he ruined an entire look. Charlie Chaplin's pissed. Well, we got uh, we got four mustaches yeah. in this room right now, but most of them are connected to beards. <laughs> Mostly, yeah. That is true. Uh, question four, moving right along. In what North American capital city would you find the only castle that has actually been a sovereign home? Ooh. As in the capital of the country or as in the capital of an individual, like, province or state or... I'm just clarifying. It could be a state or it could be a country. Not too many castles around here, though. Uh, you didn't take the uh, the Chicago Castle Architectural Tour? No. <laughs> All the Frank Lloyd Wright castles out in Oak Park. All right. I, I have an educated guess. I see the, uh, the reflection in the Patrick Swayze poster, and I am correct in my guess. All right, we'll start with Austin. Given the age of the areas and who's most likely to have a castle, uh, I went the capital of Quebec, which is Quebec City. Okay. I actually stayed in Canada, and uh, I know Ottawa is the capital, but I guessed, uh, I didn't know if Toronto was the capital of that province, but I guess Toronto. May I chime in here? Ken can chime in. So I had a guess on this one, and uh, just wanted to remind you guys to take a trip down south to mm-hmm. old, uh, Mexico City. The correct answer, thank you to United Airlines and their trivia app, is Mexico City. It is known as Castillo de Chapultepec, uh, built in 1725. During the 1860s, the Mexican Emperor Maximilian I and his consort, Empress Carlotta, lived there during the Second Mexican Empire. And for you film buffs, in 1996, the castle was the setting for the Capulet Mansion in Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet. Mm. Uh, That's Romeo plus Juliet. (laughs) Or at the end, minus Romeo and Juliet. All right, uh, last question in our first round in the game of death, Austin versus Jeff. Let's pretend for a moment that Bill and Ted brought physicist and chemist John Dalton on their excellent adventure back to California, and he lived the rest of his life as a screenwriter. There's an old saying in Hollywood that says you should write what you know, and despite being colorblind, I could totally see John writing this 2017 female action film. There's a lot involved in that question, too. All right. I think I got it. All right. Austin is in. Jeff, uh, how are you feeling on this one? Surprisingly, I should have been the uh, team triviality <laughs> rep in this uh, this category. You would have had the same score that I have. Which is unlike unlike me. But Ken is doing push-ups for level three, getting ready. <laughs> Does that make me Kareem? Uh, all three of you We're are Kareem. We're all Kareem. Yeah. Everyone is Kareem. In our own way. And I'm dead, Bruce Lee. Today, the winner will be the Kareem of the crop. Ugh. Ooh, the winner will be the Kareem. We've made that joke before. I know, but it's no, so fitting it's now. It's good every time. It's relevant. <laughs> it is very relevant. All right, so Austin, let's start with you. What was your answer? Uh, the movie I'm thinking of, and I might be wrong, but I'm thinking Atomic Blondes. Okay, so your answer is Atomic Blonde. Jeff? That made way more sense, but I jokingly said Ghostbusters. <laughs> That's a good guess. Uh, but Austin is on the board. It is Atomic Blonde. He was yes! he was known for his atomic theory, and he was colorblind, which is where the blonde comes from. Uh, I wish he was a specialist in ghosts, to be honest. <laughs> I thought it would be funny. Um, <laughs> ghosts in the shell, too. Yeah. I feel like this is something Jeff would read on the toilet, but I'm just going to read it for our listeners. Atomic theory has been revised over the years to incorporate the existence of atomic isotopes and the interconversion of mass and energy. In addition, the discovery of subatomic particles has shown that atoms can be divided into smaller parts. However, Dalton's importance in the development of modern atomic theory has been recognized by the designation of the atomic mass unit as a Dalton. Also, the name of the bouncer from Roadhouse. It all comes full circle, guys. (laughs) I was waiting. waiting. All right, so uh, Matt, after our first round, uh, what is the score? We have 20 for Team Triviality and 10 for Austin. Okay, close game. We're going to go right into round two, because round two, Austin will be stepping into the ring with Matt. Now, originally, I was going to do questions all about sports, but I wanted to have uh, a little bit of of an extra uh, piece de resistance. So it is going to be sports and a little bit of 1991. Very specifically 1991? Well, I got into a a rabbit hole, and I was like, I'm just going to stick with it. (laughs) Fair enough. Um, So it was going to be 90s, but it's going to be 1991. So, uh, Austin, are you, you ready to continue? Yep. All right, and Matt, are you ready? I am ready as I'll ever be. All right, question one. This Major League Baseball pitcher has won a record seven Cy Young Awards, his third awarded in 1991. What What number was in 1991? His third Cy Young Award in 1991, and he won a record seven Cy Young Awards. Uh, I'm just going by word associ- name association. I figure if he's got seven, he's got to be someone that would probably be a household name. I'm going to go with Roger Clemens. Okay, and Matt. 
That might be that might be too late though. So I was initially thinking Greg Maddox because I know that he won one for the Cubs, but I think his first one was in the early nineties. Uh, for the third one, I was thinking of the Rocket, Roger Clemens. All right, and you are both correct. It is yeah. Roger Clemens. Yeah. The question I was actually going to ask originally is a great fact, too. So two Major League Baseball pitchers actually share the record for most consecutive Cy Young Award wins, and that would be Greg Maddox and Randy Johnson. Ah, big unit. Uh, and I believe it's uh, Greg Maddox is 92 to 95, mm-hmm. Randy Johnson 99 to 2002. Did he get that big unit nickname from his work in the locker room? <laughs> yeah, more or less. That's a long stat sheet. The best, the best big unit story is when he exploded that bird with a fastball during spring training. There's a video of that, right? There is a video. It's it. absolutely nuts. And I, I encourage everybody to look it up. It looks like the ball explodes, and then when you do it in slow motion, you can see the poor bird. Oh, wow. A oh, 100-mile-an-hour fastball, that'll that'll definitely make you explode. Yeah. That bird vaporized. Didn't, even, ball or didn't even feel it. No. <laughs> Question two. Originally intended to air on ESPN, 1991's... Pro Stars was a short-lived Saturday morning cartoon focusing on these three famous athletes who represented the pinnacle of the four American major professional sports. Hint, Nike knows there were only three of them. So there's three people for four sports? That is correct. I am in... Just trying to think of that era. In that era when anyone who was anybody got a cartoon and they would just throw it up on TV. Uh, Okay. uh, Let's start with Austin, who seemed a little less confident than Matt. The only two-sporter... However, I'm sure he's not known as the best for the other sport. I'm going to go with Michael Jordan for basketball slash baseball. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go, given that it's the 90s, Cowboys are still God's team back then. Uh, I'm going to go Troy Aikman. Okay. All right. And then for hockey, which I wasn't sure if the viewership at that, but 91, that's kind of like the last golden era of it. I'm going to go with Wayne Gretzky. All right. So Wayne Gretzky... Uh, Troy Aikman and Michael Jordan, you said? Yes. Okay, and Matt? You did really well. You did actually get two of them. It's Michael Jordan for basketball. It's Wayne Gretzky for hockey. Is it and Deion for, Sanders? It's not. For baseball and football, it's Bo Knows oh, Football, yeah. Bo Jackson. Matt is correct. So yeah. Michael Jordan was the captain of the team, uh, as he said, Wayne Gretzky. And representing both baseball and football was Bo Jackson. Uh, my favorite thing about this was, even though it only lasted a season, they would definitely fight crime, help children, and protect the environment in between Nike ads. Yeah, I was I was torn between Aikman, writing Aikman, or uh, Derek Jeter for that. That'd be, that'd be a little later on that one. Uh, and Jordan, too, didn't play ba- uh, baseball till until 94. 94. 94. Yeah, uh, and so the, the hint in there was Nike Nose, because that was the Bo Nose campaign. That was the heart of it right there. Gotcha. All right, question three. She may not have been friends with Rachel, but this tennis superstar defeated Steffi Graf at age 16 and was absolutely dominant between 1991 and 1993, before being viciously attacked and stabbed during a match in Hamburg, Germany. Oh. Um. I, I'm in. All right, Matt is in. I just got the clue, and that's pretty great. The one yeah. where Matt gets a clue. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, who do you think it is? Monica Sellis. Okay, and Austin? I figured Monica based on the clue, but I didn't know her last name. All right, and the correct answer is Monica Sellis. Oh. Uh, in 2012, Tennis Channel created a list of the 100 greatest tennis players of all time. She was listed at number 19, she won eight Grand Slam titles during her teenage years. However, her career was greatly affected by the stabbing, mm-hmm. and she was never really the same. Yeah, that's right. really sad. I think I saw the video where she got like attacked on national television, right? Yeah. Well, was that like a crazed stalker fan or like a uh, well? There's some debate. Somebody who who was rooting a for the other person. Or? Uh, there's some debate. So initially, they said it was a super fan of Steffi Graf because she had defeated Steffi Graf. Right. But then mm-hmm. later on, they said it might have been an anti-Yugoslavia person because she yeah. was Yugoslavian. What a crazy time. That's right before Nancy Kerrigan. and like, Yeah. Given the year, I'm going to go with the second answer. Okay. Uh, question number four. I don't think any of us are big fans of horse racing, so I'll spin this in the most Neil way that I can with a groan from Ken. Hmm. What is the standard unit of measure for distance in horse racing? Hint. Quite possibly related to John Connor in 1991's T2 Judgment Day. Hmm. I think I have this. This feels it's, like it's more in my wheelhouse. It's, it's one of two, and I'm going to lock in with one. So we're looking for the standard unit of measure for distance in horse racing. I know nothing about this sport. Okay, uh, so we'll. Uh, I see you writing an answer down. I'm just going to start with Matt. Matt, what do you got? Yeah, I didn't think for long about this. Uh, <laughs> I put for long. Okay, and Austin? As I was going to say, you know, they say like Churchill down, like downs. There's always 
like related to stuff like that. I don't know. I know. I know that's horse sedatives, but still. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, so the actor who played John Connor in 1991's T2 Judgment Day's name was Edward Furlong. Mm-hmm. And the answer is a furlong. So uh, one furlong equals one eighth of a mile. And uh, Edward Furlong is one eighth of Arnold. So there you go. All right. This last one. Uh, question five. Hopefully you guys will be able to get. In the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air episode, Courting Disaster, Will joins Carlton's basketball team and steals all the spotlight. He also daydreams about beating this bad boy one-on-one, who also happens to be a 12-time NBA All-Star, two-time NBA champion, and Chicago native. Okay. 12-time All-Star, Chicago native. Mm-hmm. And two-time NBA champion. Got it. All right. Austin was in very quickly. Uh, Austin, let's see if you can get back on the board here. Uh, the only bad boy I can think for NBA, I got to go with Dennis Rodman. Okay. I think this is the St. Joe's alum bad boy piston, Isaiah Thomas. It is the bad boy champion piston, Isaiah Thomas. Uh, uh, graduate of St. Joseph High School a few minutes from our studio and a proud <laughs> Indiana Hoosier. I thought maybe it was uh, Utah slash DJ Jazzy Jeff Hornacek. <laughs> <laughs> well, they don't allow bad boys in Utah. Who actually grew up about 10 minutes from here. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so the bad boy was definitely the Pistons reference. And I, I thought it could trip you up uh, to go Dennis Rodman, which you ended up going that route. But uh, a, a good guess nonetheless. I think after that round, I'm the bad boy champion of the studio. Yeah. So it looks like after uh, after the two first rounds that are, um, you know, intended to lean towards uh, team triviality, it is 70 to 20 in triviality's favor. All right. Well, you got five for five. Yeah, Matt to was be five fair, for five. I, have, I would have had three on my own, which is embarrassing. <laughs> that I would have done better in sports. That's what's fine. I tried to write these questions a little uh, all over the boards just to see if you guys would be able to answer them too, and wish that you were playing. So great job to Matt on that round. Um, the swing round is going to be a chance for Austin to make up some points, and uh, this is what's going to be a little bit different than what we've been doing so far. Ken, Matt, and Jeff can work together on this one. And Austin, it's going to be one on three. (laughs) So as I said, this is the first chance for Jeff, Matt, and Ken to work together as they face off against Austin in a 10-question Broadway-themed round entitled Broadway AKA. Okay, so here's how it works. I recently read a Playbill.com list of the top 29 highest-grossing Broadway musicals of all time as of August 27th, 2017. These numbers are not adjusted for inflation. I'm going to give you a phrase or collection of words and clues, and I want you to give me the title of the musical for 10 points. Here's an example. If I were to say Hamlet plus Walt Disney walk into a bar, Lion King, it would be Lion King. So how we're going to change this up is for every question Austin gets right out of 10, Austin will get 10 points. For every question Team Triviality gets right in this swing round, they only get five points. So it is uh, tipped into Austin's favor. Golfer's handicap. Golfer's (laughs) handicap. Uh, are you guys ready? Let's do it. All right. I'm, remember, I'm looking for the title of one of the highest grossing musicals, so keep that in the back of your mind. Number one, Unmarried Woman in Ho Chi Minh City. Number two, Fashionable Aerosol Can. Number three, Recipients of the Best Picture Oscar Statuette. Number four, Temporary Use of a Good Service or Property. These are great. I like these. Thank you. <laughs> Number five, found on hoodies at LSU, Texas Christian, Kansas State, and Northwestern, to name a few. All right, number six, sorry, Reginald Dwight. It's based on the Verdi opera of the same name. Number seven, how a local Bostonian would describe Fenway's Green Monster. Number eight, preferred mystery meat of the round table. (laughs) Uh, Neil. Number nine. (laughs) Tapas Nephi, an African-inspired Temple Square restaurant. And number 10, Aaron Burr, Frank Sinatra, Bruce Springsteen, Tommy DeVito. And I'll go through these one more time for you guys. As Team Triviality is discussing and Austin is thinking, I'm just going to read through these (laughs) straight through one more time for the listeners. Here we go. Number one, unmarried woman in Ho Chi Minh City. Number two, fashionable aerosol can. Number three, Recipients of the Best Picture Oscar Statuette. Number four, temporary use of a good service or property. Number five, found on hoodies at LSU, Texas Christian, Kansas State, and Northwestern, to name a few. Number six, sorry, Reginald Dwight. It's based on the Verdi opera of the same name. Number seven, how a local Bostonian would describe Fenway's Green Monster. Number eight, 
preferred mystery meat of the round table. Number nine, Tapas Nephi, an African-inspired Temple Square restaurant. And number 10, Aaron Burr, Frank Sinatra, Bruce Springsteen, Tommy DeVito. And I'll give you guys some time to think about this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more— we answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The Nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so Austin's been muted now so we can freely discuss what we think the answers are. Um, and he won't be able to hear us. He'll be able to come up with his own answers. Um, so one through... Five, I think we're pretty good. Uh, King and I, Hairspray, the producers, Rent, Cats. Okay, so number six. Um, Honestly. Jeff had mentioned that uh, Elton John is the real name of uh, Reginald Dwight. Yeah. Uh, so he does have a musical, and I'm trying to remember what it's called. Oh, it's... Um, no, no, no. It's It was very recent. It was only like a couple of years ago. Um, Candle in the Wind. No. <laughs> Not helpful. <laughs> you were making things worse. Benny and the Jets. Oh, <laughs> this is great because this is where I would come in and gonna, pop trivia, but I, I can't beat the, you over the, the head. Is back. Yeah, back. the just sitting across from me right now, giving me false answers. Also, I think number one is Miss Saigon, and it's not like the King and I. Are you sure it could be Miss Saigon? Because it's single woman in that neighborhood, yeah, so I'm, that would be. Miss, I'm fine with that, and I think it's Miss Saigon. Um, oh, okay. I was jokingly going to say the color purple, but I don't think TCU has purple in there uh, for number five. <laughs> oh, number five is. Uh, cats yeah yeah okay so what about the green monster describe it, it i mean it's a wall so it'd be like ivy no there's no ivy on it. it's just a big green wall it'd be down at the yard or at the park the park he did say aaron burr so i'm gonna go hamilton on that but i don't understand the references to the other characters all right and we're back through the magic of editing that was roughly 20 seconds one thing i will say i, I edited in just a tiny bit of the discussion but it was so much fun being on the end where I couldn't talk because this would be my category to help them out at Pub Trivia. And just hearing some of the uh, references that people were throwing out was just really funny. <laughs> so, uh, all right. So, uh, Austin and, and everyone else. Uh, number one, what highest grossing musical is The Unmarried Woman in Ho Chi Minh City? All Ken? Right. So, for this one, we went for Miss Saigon after Matt convinced me out of The King and I. Okay, and Austin? Uh, I put South Pacific. I know that's wrong now. Uh, well, Unmarried Woman would be Miss, and Ho Chi Minh City uh, was Miss was Saigon. Ah! Number two. Austin, what did you have for fashionable aerosol can? Hairspray? Uh, hairspray. Hairspray is correct. Who would be the recipients of the Best Picture Oscar statuette? Austin? The producers. That would be the producers. That is correct. Number four. Temporary use of a good service or property. Ken, what did you guys have? That would be Rent. And Austin? Rent. Rent is correct. We're not going to pay it. <laughs> Number five. Found on hoodies at LSU, Texas Christian, Kansas State, and Northwestern, to name a few. Austin, what did you have? I'm proud of this one. Cats. Okay, and Ken. Yeah, those would be varieties of cats. Well, uh, my trick worked. Texas Christian's uh, mascot is actually a frog. frog. Oh, my God. You would it's find the, the color, color purple. purple. Uh, You'd find the color purple uh, on all uh, their hoodies. Which is what I said. That it's we okay. ignored the entire time. Love, I, I love when there's a, a group decision. It was great. I heard hearing Jeff just getting dismissed. It was great. It? <laughs> I said it right at did. the beginning. He did. To us? Yeah. Yeah. yeah he did. Uh, okay. Tell us. So Cats was incorrect. It was uh, the color purple. Yeah, because TC is the horned frogs. Horned frogs, yep. Yeah. Number six. Okay. 
Sorry, Reginald Dwight. It's based on the Verdi opera of the same name. Austin, what'd you have? I think I'm wrong, but I put the magic flute. Okay, that was Mozart, but good guess. So again, we uh, we felt that this had to do with Elton John, uh, Reginald Dwight being his real name, but uh, we couldn't come up with what the name of his musical is, so he just went Phantom of the Opera. Okay, so that was uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber, but a good guess. Uh, Jeff was trying to think of the musical Billy Elliot. Mm. However, Billy Elliot was not based on Elton John's childhood, mm. uh, but Elton John's real name is Reginald Dwight, and the Verdi opera that he adapted was Aida. Nope. Aida. Well, never gotten there. Nope. Uh, number seven, how a local Bostonian would describe Fenway's Green Monster. Austin? I put damn Yankees. Oh, man. Oh, there it is. Okay. Yeah, we had a lot of trouble on that uh, one. We couldn't. We just couldn't figure out anything, so we just put stomp. 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 All right, well, uh, yeah, stomp is, is good. Uh, Austin, great, great guess there. Not in the top 29 highest grossing musical of all time, but if I uh, were to call the Green Monster wicked, uh, oh. there you go. Uh, number eight. Uh, I think everyone got this one, but uh, the preferred mystery meat of the round table, Ken. We eat and drink and spam a lot. So we went with spam a lot. Okay. And Austin? Spam a lot. Spam a lot is correct. I had the good fortune of seeing that uh, play in West End London. So the people actually got the jokes. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Uh, West End, uh, London's Broadway. Now, number nine, I'm kind of proud of. It's it's kind of a hard, hard question to uh, deduce, but uh, I want to see what you guys said. So Tapas Nephi, an African-inspired Temple Square restaurant. Ken? Uh, we had no idea on this one. Uh, we just put King and I. Okay. Austin? I, I passed. Okay. So I'm going ha- to see if I can get you guys to go through it. Uh, does anyone know what tapas is, so what it sort of means? The food? Like finger food? Like Spanish like, fa- finger like food? Like small, small plates? Yeah. And uh, inspiring Africans? Small plates? Anyone know what the small plates of Nephi are? Nope. No. They would be found in the Book of Mormon. No. And uh, Temple Square is where the headquarters of the oh, Mormon yeah. Church are. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That I did know. All right. And number 10, I had the most fun listening to uh, because once again, I, I believe I may have tricked you guys. So Aaron Burr, Frank Sinatra, Bruce Springsteen, Tommy DeVito. Ken, what'd you guys go with? Yeah, just based on the Aaron Burr and we felt it was a trick. We went with Hamilton. Okay. Austin. Based on Frank Sinatra, I put guys and dolls. Okay. Another another good guess. Um, if I told you uh, Tommy DeVito was a member of the Four Seasons, would that have given you the answer? There's a musical based on the Four Seasons called Jersey Boys, because all these guys were born or lived in Jersey. Uh, you know what? I thought about that, because I, I was thinking, what do I know about uh, Bruce Springsteen? He's the boss, and he was born in Jersey. <laughs> makes a lot of sense, yeah. yeah. But yep. I didn't think about Jersey Boys. All right. So after the Broadway, a.k.a. Swing Round... Austin picked up a uh, nice 40 points, and Team Triviality picked up 25 points. So going into round three, the score is Austin with 60 and Team Triviality with 95. Ken has been doing push-ups, and uh, he's a little sweaty, but he's ready for round three. Where got, I've got my nunchaku. He's got the nunchaku. And uh, Austin, are you ready to uh, face Ken in the category of arts and history for today's episode? Let's do it. All right, here we go. Question one. Inspired by history, the 1998 Richard Linklater film, The Newton Boys, followed a Texas family who all shared what profession? This is one I have not seen, so I think uh, me and Austin are coming in on level ground here. Okay. Austin, let's start with you. This movie was on, I think it's on HBO right now, and I saw it in the kind of movies like to watch and i saw matthew mcconaughey in there and i thought it was kind of a weird movie that i never heard of um but i believe on the description it said something like they're they're all bank robbers or something like that i, I okay. think they're all bank robbers all right and ken hmm, yeah i just channeled my uh october sky and uh went with miners very good guess. Uh, but Austin, good thing you looked at the menu on uh, your TV. They were uh, bank robbers, or I would have accepted gang or criminals. So uh, the film was about the Newton gang, known for their many bank and train robberies. They were portrayed by Matthew McConaughey, Vincent D'Onofrio, Skeet Ulrich, and Ethan Hawke. And the real Newton boys always claimed that they never killed anyone in their criminal pursuits. Skeet Ulrich is in one of my favorite shows, Jericho. Also one of Matt and I's favorite wrestlers. Uh, <laughs> break down the walls. <laughs> break down the walls. Question number two. Born Araminta Ross, she was known by the nicknames Moses and General after her heroic actions in a time of war. You might know her better by this name. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm in. Okay, Austin, you, you seem pretty confident. What do you think? Uh, Joan of Arc. Okay, and Ken? That may be correct. 
I would assume if your name was Araminta, you might want to go by Betsy. Betsy Ross. Both very good guesses. Uh, if I told you uh, that Moses uh, played into her nickname because she led people to freedom, hmm. it'd be Harriet Tubman. Tubman. Harriet Tubman. Okay. Okay. Oh. Yeah, I was thinking thinking about that too. Um, so based on the Moses thing. Uh, so she's really fascinating. I know. Um, you know, they're talking about putting around the twenty dollar bill. So during the Civil War, Tubman worked for the Union Army as a nurse, a cook, and a spy. And her experience leading slaves along the Underground Railroad was especially helpful because she knew the land well. Oh. Uh, well, I learned something. Uh, question number three. Tabori is the Japanese practice of what art form? And that is spelled T-E-B-O-R-I. Japanese practice of what art form? I expected Ken to write something down immediately. and I'm a little surprised. One would think maybe uh, tattooing, but... When I was in Japan, I had to learn the word for tattoo because we weren't necessarily welcome everywhere due to our tattoos. So we had to ask them if we could like go into, you know, a, a spa or a bathhouse. Uh, so I remember it's not that. Uh, I went with flower arranging. Okay, flower arranging and Austin. I went with tea pouring. Like I know they have a very precise and artistic way that they when they pour tea, especially with guests. Or people of honor. Okay. Uh, well, uh, if I said that uh, it's usually performed using a rod made of either wood or metal with an array of needles on the end, mm. Tabori is tattooing okay, by hand so, only. Uh, so the word I knew was probably just the word for for a tattoo. Standard tattoos. Yeah. So these are the. I actually want to get one of these. This is where they they literally just take a stick with needles and just poke and you over and over. Your arm, yeah. Yeah. My, uh, my cousin actually has one of those. Oh really? Yeah. Sounds like a prison tattoo to be honest. Shout out to my cousin Jake. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Jake? Uh, all right. Question number four. On a tragic Valentine's Day, this future member of Mount Rushmore watched the death of his mother from typhoid fever and hours later saw his wife die from childbirth. Okay. All right. Austin is in, and so is Ken. Let's start with Austin. Uh, I think it's Theodore Roosevelt. Uh I believe it's him where he famously wrote in his journal, the light of my life has gone out today or something like that. The light of life has gone out today. Okay. And Ken? Yeah. I uh, listed the four members of Mount Rushmore, Lincoln, Jefferson, Roosevelt, Washington. And I went with Jefferson, actually, because I don't remember that well, good, specific fact. Good process of elimination. You can cross Lincoln right off because he did not outlive his wife. Yeah, I felt like Martha Washington didn't. Old Mary Todd is calling again. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little hateful eight drop. Uh, yeah, I just went with Jefferson. Okay. Uh, Austin was actually right on the money. It's Theodore Roosevelt. Wow. In his diary for the day, on Valentine's Day, he drew a large X and wrote, The light has gone out of my life. He was only 25 at the time. Yeah, I should have gone with that. I was, I was thinking about him. And I was hoping, like, Jeff was right on the money there, too. He, he talked about uh, process of elimination. Lincoln didn't uh, outlive his wife. And uh, same thing with George Washington. Yeah, it was definitely between Roosevelt and Jefferson. And I just uh, picked wrong. All right. And the last question... And our Ken floor of this pagoda. It's clearly not my, my floor. <laughs> I think Austin's dominating this floor. The song Personal Jesus by Depeche Mode was inspired by a novel written by the wife of what iconic American singer and actor? Oh. <laughs> you're, like, you're like, Personal Jesus. I'm like, Depeche Mode. And then you keep going. All right. I think I got it. Is there a Manson cover of this song, too? There is. Yep. Oh, it's really good from what I remember. Okay. I'm going to go... David Bowie. Okay. And Austin, how are you doing over there? You good? David Bowie is not American. Oh, did he say American? Because the song says, I'm afraid of Americans or I hate Americans or something like that. Uh, I went with Elvis. The title of the, of the book was Elvis and Me, the true story of the love between Priscilla Presley and the king of rock and roll. It was Elvis Presley. Oh, man. That was a great, great round for just, Austin. You just there. stole my floor from me. <laughs> you have to move out now, unfortunately. Are you the only one of us who's lost a floor? I haven't. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I haven't gotten a single question right. That is it. I knew all of Jeff's questions. <laughs> I know, it's kind of interesting. I know Je a few of Matt's. You knew all of Jeff's. Uh, Jeff knew a lot of Matt's, and Matt knew a lot of, of Jeff's, I think. So <laughs> so after round three, Austin closed the gap uh, to 95 to 90. So Team Triviality is only in the lead by five points. And round four is where things are going to get fun. Uh, round four, Austin is going to pick a category of his own specialty, that none of our Triviality co-hosts know. 
and he's going to challenge one of them that he thinks he has the best chance against. So, Austin, what was your category? Uh, I believe it's a UK grab bag. It is a UK grab bag. And, Austin, who would you like to challenge in this final regular round? Oh, I think we're going to go with uh, Young Ken over there. Oh, um, I think the deflector shield will <laughs> oh, the operation. I think your friends will find the operational shield quite operational. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So once again, uh, Matt and uh, Jeff, you cannot help, but you can chastise. I would be uh, no help in any UK grab bag. I would be a. It would be a great pleasure for me to chastise. All right. Well, let's well, see if clearly I'm having an off day today. So that's okay. Ken might have done too many push-ups before his battle against Austin. <laughs> I wore myself out. <laughs> he drained all the blood from his brain. Doing that's right. His there's no blood left. All right. Here we go. Question one: Husband of Posh Spice, sexiest man alive, and probably my favorite footballer of all time, David Beckham, has a number tattooed on his left hand, commemorating his time as one of the greatest to ever play the sport. The number is of his two most famous jersey numbers in order of when he wore them. What would that number be? So it's comprised of two it is separate com- jersey numbers. Comprised of two separate jersey numbers. I'm disappointed in you because your favorite football player is not Cristiano Ronaldo. Well, and a uh, fun fact, according to Jeff, who chimed in here, uh, one of those numbers, I will give a hint, one of those numbers he gave to Cristiano Ronaldo who didn't want it, but he was forced to wear it because he didn't want to live in the shadow of David Beckham. I don't know, but he is the proud owner of the world's ugliest statue. Okay. I'm I in with a guess. That. Okay. that statue is amazing, by the way. Ken is in with a guess. Austin, uh, do you know a little bit about David Beckham? Uh, I know a bit about him as a person. Um, admittedly, as, as much of a uh, fan of English culture and pop culture, I'm not the biggest soccer fan. I'll watch like the World Cup, but uh, he was kind of before my soccer viewing or football viewing times but i have a rough idea okay and i i will say i will accept both jersey numbers out of order i would tell you what it is on his hand but if you can give me both jersey numbers i will count that so um let's let's start with austin it is his specialty i think when he played for man u he was number eight and uh, i'm gonna go with uh three for the other one eight and three all right ken I just guessed, this is pure guess, I just guessed 7 and 14. All right, so on Man U, he was number 7. Ah. Uh, it was Manchester United and the England national team. Got the, one. The number he gave to Cristiano Ronaldo. And his second number Come on, double it. was after his hero, Michael Jordan. Uh. 23, it was 723. Ah. Uh, it was so close. <laughs> Ken was very close. He wore that number 23 for Real Madrid and LA Galaxy, and then he did wear the number 32 for a short time, but he only chose 32 because it was 23 swapped. Yeah. I yeah. remember when he when he was 23 on the Galaxy for that short period of time. All right. So no score on that one. So uh, Going steady. Yep. Going steady. It could, be, it could be an even playing field here. Let's see if Austin can, can take over. One of my biggest regrets while studying in London was that I never went on this intensive Jack the Ripper investigative tour. I find that story very fascinating. If I actually made the tour, I would have walked in the footsteps of the Ripper in or near what impoverished district in the East End of London that inspired a recent television show with the same name. Okay. That area is like straight in the heart of the financial district now. Yep. Yeah, it's a a lot nicer. I wish I could help you, Ken. Trying not to look at Jeff because he's going to give me hints with his eyes. Uh I will say it's ironically named almost. This will be good for our international listeners. We don't tend to cater anything towards them. Uh, Let's start with Ken, who is a little less confident. Yeah, I went with uh, Prostitution Paradise. (laughs) Prostitution Paradise. And Austin. That is the the, uh, Satan's Alley known as Whitechapel. Ah, yeah. Whitechapel, that is correct. That has some good performances. If you're interested, um, a couple of the actors who are in Sherlock are also in that, and they're quite good. Yeah. The the actual tour you go on nowadays, since it's obviously changed dramatically throughout the years, is the tour guides carry like a projection machine, and they project onto the wall the actual murder scenes, like exactly where they took place. Bring your kids. And uh, he just took the lead. He just took the lead. Wow. 100 points. Unprecedented. Mm. First time ever. All right. Question three. In an alternate universe, if British comedians Julian Barrett and Noel Fielding wrote the 1997 pop ska hit, The Impression That I Get, what would their alternate band name be? 
Oh, okay. So this is a play on words, surely. Um, Austin, I'm positive, knows that the impression that I get is written by Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. So I'm not giving anything away to him as we are in a ska band together. I know he knows that. I had to include this question uh, because of that, because you were both were in a ska band. So Mighty Mighty Boss Tones and the comedians were who? Noel Fielding and Julian Barrett. Those are not dudes from Monty Python. This is kind of a deep pull question. I assume that the name of their troupe or whatever they have in common is replacing the word mighty in boss tones. Yeah, I'm at a loss for most of this. Well, I just don't know who these guys are. So my answer is Real Big Fish. <laughs> Real Big Fish. All right. And Austin, uh, why don't you tell us the name of this alternate universe band? So if they were the ska band, they'd be the Mighty Mighty Boosh. Famous for the Old Greg video. So I would have accepted the Mighty Mighty Boosh or the Mighty Mighty Boosh Tones. <laughs> I have heard of that. Yeah, I thought that would be a fun question. My brother was a huge fan of the Mighty Boosh and used to watch all their DVDs on repeat. And uh, another little fun fact is Noel Fielding was actually in a music video that Edgar Wright directed in 2003 that was called uh, Blue Song Mint Royale um, on YouTube. You guys should check it out. It was actually the inspiration for Baby Driver. So pretty cool video. Question four is sort of in uh, current events. Uh, Hopefully that'll help you pull the answer. But uh, it's one of my favorite places uh, in London. Uh, If you get a chance to go there, I highly recommend it. Luxury department store Harrods in Knightsbridge, London, contains not one, but two memorials erected in 1998 and 2005 for this famous couple. Got this one, too. Yep. For a couple. Well, that's why Austin didn't pick you. <laughs> I have a strong guess on, on it. Yeah, I know I know for certain. I'm, I just got to go with uh, Princess Diana and Prince Charles. Princess Diana and, and Prince Charles for Ken and uh, Austin. Who do you have? Yeah, I had the same. Princess Diana died in 2000. I'm oh, sorry, 1997. Uh, as this year was the 20th anniversary, so if they erected in 1998, that seems to be appropriate. And then probably the 2008 was the 10 year marking the 10 year anniversary of her death. Okay, and who is the famous couple? Uh, I said, I'm sorry, I said uh, Diana and Prince Charles. Diana and Prince Charles. So. Can I chime in? Jeff is going to chime in. It, uh, I'll, so, let, I'll let you chime in. So the owner of Harrods, would it help if I told you, is um, Muhammad Al-Fayed? No. Father of Dodi Al-Fayed. Still no. Who was dating Princess Diana and was in the car at the time of their deaths. Okay. It, was, it was her lover, Dodi Al-Fayed. I don't recognize that guy's name. I, yeah. I knew about that guy, but... It is Muhammad Al-Fayed, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So the answer is Princess Diana and Dodi Fayed. So was that an affair or had they been separated? She had separated officially from Charles. Mm-hmm. Um, part of the reason for that was because apparently Charles had never given up on originally loving Camilla Parker Bowles in the first yeah. place. But. Well, I, I, I would have never come up with that guy's name. I did yeah. know about that. Uh, last question of Austin's UK grab bag. Matt, how's uh, Austin actually doing in this this grab bag? Um, he, and in the grab bag, he is up to 20 out of the okay. 40 points possible so, so far. Batting about 50, okay. All right, last question here. The climax of what non-intentionally inspiring Beatles song features Ringo Starr exclaiming, I got blisters on my fingers. It was like he was here in the room with us. It's in a song? It is in a song. It's at the end. It's at the climax of the song, and he audibly and loudly set, screams, I got blisters on my fingers. No, we didn't need a second impression. I have a funny joke answer yeah. for this. That's the impression that I get. I wrote the song about the So, And there's a clue in the question, so... I got blisters on my fingers, <laughs> number three. <laughs> uh, third time's the charm. Oh, man. Admittedly, I am not the world's biggest Beatles fan, uh, but based off of the clues, I have, a again, an educated guess. All right, uh, let's start with Ken. So since Ringo Starr wrote a song about an octopus, I went with Octopus's Garden. Okay, and Austin. I figured if he has blisters on his fingers, he might get it because happiness is a warm gun. Okay, uh, Jeff. Before I say the answer, what was your little answer? Oh, I, I would have thought it was funny as if it's all you need is love. <laughs> uh, if I told you that uh, Ringo probably played harder in this song than he has in any other, and that uh, it accidentally inspired a uh, madman. Oh, helter skelter. Helter skelter. Mm. Uh, Matt, what do we have for our scores going into the final round? Uh, so that was a rough half for the Triviality Gang. Uh, we're still at 95. Uh, Austin's going to be going to the final with 110. 
Wow, what a turn of events. So, Austin, you have 110 points to work with, and as always in Triviality, uh, you can wager 0 to 30 in each of our final five categories. Um, this is the last little bit of uh, fun for the game of death here. I have 10 pre-written final round categories. Austin, you get dealer's choice, so you get to pick which five categories you're going to answer questions to along with Team Triviality. So I'm, gonna, I'm just going to list them off. Write them down on your paper of which ones strike you the best, okay? Okay. Goal tend these numbers, best-selling novels, a deck of cards, alternative music, back to the future in the details. Do not put this comet in your sink. Classic TV. Shakespeare Dynamite, a film by Jared Hess. Frank Sinatra, the science guy. Nuts about candy. Birds in Hollywood. And mythology and medicine. List off your five, and that'll give Team Triviality a chance to figure out what they want to wager as a team. Uh, alt music, Back to the Future, Deck of Cards, Nuts About Candy, and Birds in Hollywood. All right, guys, so Austin is muted. Uh, what are you thinking here for your wagers? So I think uh, it's the Team Pain Don't Hurt and Team Triviality way to go go hard in the in the end. Uh, win, or, win or lose. And quite frankly, if we lose to Austin, uh, it was a great round. Mm-hmm. He's a, he's a solid competitor, so... I think we should do 30 on each of our strongest on these. So mm-hmm. Back to the Future, definitely 30. Probably alternative music. 30. And then um, I like Birds in Hollywood. Birds in Hollywood? What do you feel, Jeff? We should be okay in that. <laughs> let's do that. And then we'll go zero on the others and uh, hope for the best. All right. So the wagers are in. Um, and uh, Team Triviality uh, and Austin have been playing a great uh, inaugural game of death. Hope you guys have been enjoying it. So number one, the category was alternative music, and the question is, rock band Weezer's eighth studio album is named after this character from the television series Lost. Oh. Looks like Matt's going for the pen right Mm -hmm. away. I also know it, so Uh, I don't think we need to worry about this one. Me and Neil were at one point in time in a cover band that covered Buddy Holly, so... For we were in that band for probably about two weeks, so we're pretty solid two week run. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> well, me and week. Austin did the ska band thing for like five years. So. Yeah. yeah, we were Vinnie Barbarino's dream machine. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Alright, question two. Austin shows Back to the Future in the details. This great question comes to us from listener Peter Wen. Thank you, Peter. In Back to the Future two, what toy company manufactured the hoverboard that Marty uses? Question three, deck of cards. Also coming to us from Peter Wen. They were question five submissions that I altered for today's game of death. So thank you once again. Question, in a standard deck of playing cards, which king does not have a mustache? Question four, Austin shows nuts about candy. What kind of nut is traditionally found in turtle candy? And our final category, Austin shows birds in Hollywood. I have a magic bird bath in my backyard. If I transform the characters that Johnny Depp and Keira Knightley play in Pirates of the Caribbean into the type of bird that is in their name, what two birds would I have in my backyard? Everybody shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? Well, of course you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. Things done weird things. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected, as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the Box of Oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. You can spend less time staying in the know about all things gaming and get more time to actually play the games you love with the IGN Daily Update Podcast. All you need is a few minutes to hear the latest from IGN on the world of video games, movies, and television with news, previews, and reviews. You'll hear everything from Comic-Con coverage to the huge Diablo 4 launch. So listen and subscribe to the IGN Daily Update wherever you get your podcasts. That's the IGN Daily Update, wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so everyone is locked in. So uh, category one was alternative music. Team Triviality uh, bet 30, and Austin went conservative betting 10. I asked you, 
Weezer's eighth studio album is named after what character from the television series Lost? Ken, uh, what did you guys answer? So it's hard to forget. Uh, his handsome face graces the cover, mm-hmm. and it is Hurley. Yeah. And Austin. Hurley. Hurley is correct. Uh, released on September 10th, 2010, the album features a simple picture of actor Jorge Garcia, who portrayed Hugo Hurley Reyes, and he said that being on the cover was one of the greatest honors of his life, aside from his lost action figure. All right, question number two was Back to the Future in the Details. Team Triviality went confident again with 30 points, and Austin also confidently wagered 30. Question from Peter Wen asked in Back to the Future 2, what toy company manufactured the hoverboard that Marty uses? Austin, what did you say? This might be my downfall, but I know it's like a really girly-looking board. I went with Mattel. Okay, and Team Triviality. Yeah, um, I was thinking either Hasbro or Mattel, and Jeff confidently went Mattel, so we went Mattel. There's a there's a Barbie joke in there, too, I believe. Um, and it's also something about the hoverboard being for girls. So mm-hmm. Mattel, famous for creating Barbie, so yeah, Mattel. It's actually Hasbro. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. It is Mattel. It is Mattel. Ooh, give me a heart I attack now. <laughs> I wasn't even moved. <laughs> I was like, no, he's just lying. It is Mattel. Great job, guys. Question three in Deck of Cards. Team Triviality, not so confident. They went a conservative zero, but Austin wagered 10. Uh, so, Ken, what did you guys put for what king had no mustache? Just kind of a stab in the dark. We felt the uh, the king of hearts might be uh, mm. might be the non-mustachioed. Okay. Pre-shaven one. Pre-shaven. And Austin? Uh, I know that the suits are based off of the major uh, occupations of the medieval era. And I believe the clubs represented the church. And I think that based on the occupations of who would have restrictions on facial hair, I figured it would be the king of clubs. I might be wrong. That's a very informed yeah. <laughs> informed guess. We were just like, ah, hearts. So um, the answer is the king of hearts, uh, oh, who is wow. known as the suicide king because uh, his sword appears to be going through his own head. Son of a Come on, Austin. Um, Austin uh, has the Suicide King tattooed right there on his arm. It's, it's the Lawrence Arms logo. Uh, and he's got it tattooed right on his arm. It's funny he has that. I knew he had that, and I was just surprised that he picked him. I'm like, oh, man, this, I wonder if he's going to look at his arm. But uh, I think where Austin's coming from, there are some theories out there that each of the um, kings on the suit is based on an actual king, like Charlemagne mm-hmm. Alexander the Great. Uh, but a lot of people um, dispute that, too, um, just because they, they say it might not be true. So who knows? But... Um, it is the King of Hearts. I'm dumb. Next category is Nuts About Candy. Stupid. <laughs> it is Nuts About Candy. Austin wagered 10. Maybe you can get that 10 points back. And Team Triviality wagered zero. Um, so uh, let's start with Austin. What did you say was the uh, most traditional nut in a turtle? I believe that's a cashew. Okay. And Team Triviality. You went with the pecan. Yeah, I've had quite a few of these candies. I'm almost positive it's pecan. The answer is pecan. Yeah. Pecan. The pecan sandies. So, um, Team no, Triviality. Frank's banned from It's Always Sunny. <laughs> Austin loses another 10 points there. Uh, might hurt him. Might hurt him in the end. Uh. Um, so, it might come down to this final final question here. Um, the category was birds in Hollywood. Austin went zero, and Team Triviality went 30 points. So, this could be the game here in our first game of death. Question was... If I had a bird bath in my backyard and transformed Johnny Depp and Keira Knightley's characters from the Pirates of the Caribbean films, what two birds would I have? So their characters are Jack Sparrow and Elizabeth Swan. So Sparrow and Swan. And Austin. Yeah, so I had uh, Sparrow and Swan. All right, well, the answer is Sparrow and Swan. After doing some math here, Team Triviality gained a whopping 90 points in that final round working as a team in second place in a very very honorable effort austin is going to end up with 130 points and with 185 points sitting atop this pagoda unscathed and today's kareem of the crop it is team triviality why continue just let me pass you have forgotten that i too am not afraid of death I am the Kareem. <laughs> Austin, very honorable effort there. I mean, it was a close game all throughout. Yeah, really, it depended just on that that final round. Just didn't go your way. I mean, you thoroughly kicked my ass, and really personally, based on you and me, you, you destroyed me. So I think what you really see is the trivia Voltron we become when we join our powers together in that final round. <laughs> a little sketchy on some of those one-on-one battles. I like so to great. think of us as a Megazord, but that's, you know. <laughs> Different eras, right? 
Austin will have to come back and try the tower again. Yeah, yeah and uh, Austin, Austin gave me a few different categories. He said UK grab bag. He said some art, you know, history and things like that. But, uh, you know, I thought it was a good choice, though, Austin. And, and I think you did better in some of the categories you didn't think you would have. Uh, and some of the guys uh, here in the studio, I think, um, didn't do as well as they thought. But at the end, it was a very entertaining game nonetheless. So I did as well as I thought. Yeah, well, Matt, actually, yeah, Matt was five for five, so. Very confident. I'll take anyone on in sports. Quickly dis- I was 0 for five. He quickly disposed of Austin and, uh, what's the word, defenestrated him out of the pagoda. <laughs> <laughs> Back to the bottom. Um, all right, well, um, Austin, I uh, hope you had a good time today. Yeah, I had a blast. Thanks, guys. Of course. You're always welcome here, Austin. Uh, thank you for coming. Um, and uh, if you guys like to play along with our contestants, make sure to check out our Facebook page and download our official Triviality score sheet that we use here in the studio. If you'd like to get in touch with any of us, you can find us on Twitter using the handle at TrivialityPod or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash TrivialityPod. Jeff, how can they get in touch with us as far as Patreon is concerned? Of course, if you feel like uh, supporting us directly, we've got a lot of great perks that you can see on our Patreon, including special bonus episodes and different things that we do. As a a small thank you uh, to give back for those of you who would like to contribute to us, and that can be found at Patreon.com slash TrivialityPodcast. Great. And uh, if you'd like to send us an email, uh, either a question five, you want to submit some questions for maybe a late on me we're doing, mm-hmm. uh, you can send emails to trivialitypodcast at gmail.com. Especially if you have any feedback about this game format, if you think there's any tweaks we need, anything that would kind of make it more interesting. It's obviously, this is our first try, so definitely let us know. Yeah, and, and uh, this this could be something maybe we'll do you know for special guests once a month or something. So if you guys liked it, please let us know on uh, all social media and email if it was something different that you enjoyed. And of course, uh, other than spreading the word, best way you can support the show is by rating, reviewing, and subscribing to Triviality on your favorite podcast app. So uh, my thanks to the Triviality team in the Pagoda, about to drink a nice uh, cold beer, uh, Ken, Matt, and Jeff, and also our challenger here, who is a little bloody, but uh, is still going to be able to walk with his head held high. Austin, my name is Neil, and that was Triviality. Triviality.